Hey, what's up, gamers? This is the Battle Mallet Podcast. It's a podcast delving into the minds of four busy gamers discussing their annual journey to the Nova Open, games that they love, uh, and balancing life with those games. My name is Jared. My name is Trace. I'm Danny. And I'm Jason. And this is going to be episode zero, so it's going to give you an idea of who we are, uh, what the podcast is about, um, kind of how the podcast is going to be laid out. So um, in lieu of digging into our life stories, we have just some like basic gaming introductory questions. So we'll just go through. Um, so, you know, we've, we've assigned some questions around. So Danny, why don't you start with asking the first question um, and then you'll answer your question and then we'll go through uh, in the order of the names in the show notes. All right. Well, let's start off with what was the first board game you guys ever remember? For me, the first board game I remember is Mousetrap. Remember the one with the little, like, Rube oh, Goldberg nice. thing filled up with the tub and the, the net? And I net and no, yeah. clue, no clue how to play that game, but I built that trap like a million times, and I don't think it ever worked once. But I remember that game very vividly. That's awesome. That's like the proto-war game. Yeah. <laughs> you had so terrain and all... everything, right? Yeah, yeah. we're all familiar too. That game still exists, and the uh, the trap still does not work. <laughs> yes. So kids all across the country are having the same exact experience. Things I have to look forward to with my son. Awesome. <laughs> but then, of course, there's always the old classics like Life and Monopoly. But yeah, Miles Trap is definitely the vivid first memory. What about you, Jared? Yeah. So, um, so everybody knows shoots and ladders in Candyland, right? So mine is is a very specific. We had VHS versions of that game, and I think about it now. Um, like the, it told you like what color y- you as the player went. And oh. since it was a VHS, it seems apparent now as an adult that there was one specific player that was going to win the game every time. But of course, as <laughs> like a four-year-old, like a, that's not what I'm thinking about. I'm just thinking about how cool is it that I am playing Candyland and Shoots and Ladders with my TV. So um, so that's the, that, yeah, that's, uh, that's the first thing that like the first real vivid kind of board gaming moment that I remember. Um, it's awesome. Yeah. Are you trying to tell us that your childhood friend was your TV? Uh, I can neither confirm nor deny that that was my reality as a child. <laughs> <laughs> so, so much uh, interaction with other people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what about you, Jason? Oh, geez. Where do I start? So for me, Board games were a huge part of my childhood. Like, I started playing board games uh, with my grandmother, like, almost on a daily basis growing up. Um, There's two games that really stick out, though. So, Don't Wake the Dragon, and if anyone remembers that game, I would be surprised. But it was this, uh, it was a board that had a dragon in the center of it, and you were a penguin. You had to get your penguin egg, like, around the board. But when you landed on a dragon spot, you pushed this little lever down and the dragon shook and if your penguin or egg which the egg was on his hat if they fell off the icebergs you had to start over um yeah i learned to cheat real quick playing that game and then uh the (laughs) second one the second one would be hero quest so the the most vivid memories that i have as a child growing up about eight nine ten years old was around hero quest and we would get all the kids in the neighborhood to come over and my grandmother would be uh the dungeon master and we played through a bunch of that so that's really what sparked me uh down the path that we're on today 
So, so awesome. your grandmother's name was Zarkon? Yes, yes, I still to this day refer to her as Zarkon. So. That's awesome. That's you amazing. basically have the most badass granny of all time. <laughs> yeah. When she summoned that bloodthirster, though, man. When she summoned that bloodthirster, you know you're in trouble. Yeah, yeah. right. Uh, for me, um, pretty similar to Jared without the VHS tape, but uh, Shoots and Ladders are definitely one of the ones I remember first. Didn't play a lot of Candyland, but um, Shoots and Ladders are definitely the one of the first ones. But in true-to-form fashion with the way that I like to play games, and these guys can attest to this, um, I just like to smash stuff. And so my first game that I remember really falling in love with was freaking Hungry Hungry Hippos, man. Oh, nice. Like, yeah. Just pounding it as hard as you can to try and get as many of those marbles as you could. Um, and much to the chagrin of my parents, I'm sure that, that, you know, that clacking noise will forever haunt their dreams. Yeah. But, um, but definitely hungry, hungry hippos. <laughs> um, and you know, shoots and ladders, is the very first one that I remember. And then as I got a little, you know, a little older, you know, the monopoly kind of worked its way in and stuff like that and learning to count money. But, yeah. um, but That's yeah, awesome. hungry, hungry hippos, man. You know, uh, it's it's easy, and it'll entertain you for hours. That's I mean, true. We could do a whole show on the board games. Like, I love them all. Yeah. We should do that one day. That'd be fun. Yeah, well, yeah. add it to the list, man. <laughs> Content creators live. That's right, that's us. <laughs> yep. So, uh, awesome. so the next question, and um, I'll start, uh, is when did you start wargaming? Uh and, you know, none of my answers, as you will all find out as you listen to our journey here, will be simple and one-word answers. So I started Wargaming uh, back in high school, uh, which is a long, long time ago. I want to say it was 96, 97-ish. Um, you know, we talked about the Hero Quest. When I, was, when I was always looking for something else, and my uncle was into uh, historical miniatures, not so much gaming. And I remember one day walking through the mall in wonderful snowy Buffalo, New York. And in the mall, there was a games workshop. Nice. And, uh, yeah, walked in and I was like, where has this been all of my life? Um, so I bought my first army, uh, which was an Eldar army, and I never played it. But uh, <laughs> Classic. <laughs> Golly, oh my! I bought it. And, starting uh, early. Yeah. Starting with the problem early. And the only, I the only thing I actually played was in like they used to have those big uh, battles on like Saturday where you brought a unit, like a unit of Space Marines or whatever, and you had a mega battle. Uh, and then I actually didn't play a single game from that time, like '97, '98, until what is it, guys? Seven years ago now. It's seven. Yeah. yeah, we're coming yes. up on eight, I think, if I remember right. Seven years ago, I got into a computer program called Vassal really hard and got back into war gaming via a computer, which uh, had me seek out a local GW store here in the Raleigh area. And the rest is history for us, you know, multiple armies yeah. later and every game system under the sun. So, yeah. Jared, your journey? Yeah, so... So we started wargaming. Um, my brother for Christmas one year, I think, got, I think it was Battlemasters. It's actually a Citadel product. 
um, along the same lines as um, Hero Quest, but I, I think it was published by Milton yeah. Bradley. Milton Bradley, it, I had, it I was. Yeah, and it's it had a hex map. There was like yep. a river running through. It was this vinyl map that was probably three and a half feet by three and a half feet, or some bizarre measurement like that. With that, working uh, catapults. Yeah, working catapults. There was a, a watchtower. <laughs> there were you know like uh, orcs riding wolves and knights. Um, so that's where we started. And and what we ended up doing was we took the stat lines for those models and kind of used those as a template. And we took all of our superhero action figures, uh, and uh, and we we made cards and stats for them. So um, unbeknownst to me, I had created hero clicks uh, long before <laughs> it ever existed, and uh, and unfortunately did not patent that idea. So. Um, so that's where it started. Uh, and then, you know, that kind of went by the wayside. So that was probably uh, 93, maybe, uh, whenever it was published. That sounds uh, about right. You know. Um, and then in 1999, uh, a games workshop store opened up in, uh, in the mall in, in Concord, North Carolina, um, in Concord Mills. So uh, a friend of mine in high school got a job there, and then I got a job there uh, and worked for, I don't know, five or six months. And uh, like Jason, started with Eldar, but uh, unlike Jason, I actually played them. Um, and then I, you know, I was one of the, one of the red shirts that was responsible for, um, you know, running like the small events and painting store armies and stuff like that. Um, yeah, so Battlemasters to my own made-up version of Heroclix, and then, you know, into into um, 40K at the time. And then, you know, like Jason, uh, I came to Raleigh for, for school and ended up looking up Games Workshop in the local area. And that, that's where we've been ever since is, uh, you know, in the, in the GW products, kind of picking up and laying down as they go. So, Trace, what about you? So, again, I have a very similar path to what you have, Jared. So, a um, couple of buddies of mine that one of them lives in the area and one of them still lives at home, but um, we all got started by playing Battle Masters as well. So, I remember many a night being up till two or three in the morning, um, shooting toy soldiers off the board with those fake catapults and cannons and stuff and i just really fell in love with wargaming then and um seth's older brother his name's hank um he actually is the one that got us into warhammer um and unlike you two i actually started on the fantasy side of things which is why my heart will always forever be more tied to the fantasy side of of the warhammer and gw products but um, started playing um, Warhammer Fantasy. I started with um, Dark Elves, actually, when they actually had the old boxed armies. Um, bought the boxed army that had like 10 or 12 Dark Elf Warriors and Halberdiers and Cold One Knights and a dragon. And yeah. uh, Beast Lord Rackarth was his name. Um, those, those boxes were the best. They were so cool. Um, and I remember my mom got it for me for Christmas one year. And that's how I got started. And immediately she started asking questions about whether or not I was in a cult. Um, 
all those fun things that surround the the parent the parental um Wait, supervision you're not of, in a cult damn it don't don't be going telling anybody come on now um but to this day i distinctly remember my mom asking like are you worshiping something with this game and i was like yeah. mom seriously it's just a game come on um so we just roll dice and push models around She's yeah. like, that's all you do. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> so um, I'm getting a little bit more into the the family side of things. But that's how I started. Um, and one of my favorite memories when I first started Wargaming was um, every year we would do this like Christmas big battle where we would have all of our stuff. We would take all of our stuff. All the good guys would be on one side. All the bad guys would be on the other. And we would play like 10,000 points a side. It would take us like two days to get through a game of fantasy. Um, and there was, and that's back when you could like fly high. So you'd have like models that would just disappear off the board and then they would reappear like eight feet away. Um, it was, it was really cool, really fond memories and moved to the area in around 2009, early 2010. And, um, got the itch to start getting back into the hobby and realized that there was a games workshop store in Raleigh here and um, looked it up and went and started hanging out and ran into all these guys. And uh, it's probably one of the best um, happy mistakes that have happened in my life and really appreciative of all y'all. So um, looking forward to more gaming and the road to Nova this year. Yeah. In his first game of 40 K he, Deep struck and charged all in one turn with blood letters. Yeah, it was great. Hey, it's that. not it's, it's not awesome. my fault. You didn't know the rules either. It's not my fault. We were just ahead of our time in playing eighth edition. It's fine. That's right. Yeah. It's the way it should have been the whole time, yo. <laughs> my blood letters just want to be come up and give you a hug. That's all. Yeah. Like every blood letter should. Yep. Yep. All right, Danny. What uh? How did you get started in all this crazy addiction-driven <laughs> hobby that we have? Uh, my journey starts in a way that I'm sure the GW uh, marketing team would love. It was with a catalog. <laughs> I saw the oh, catalog nice. uh, at a friend's house, and uh, I remember I bought the most like hodgepodge, just like oh, this looks cool. And I had like one Chaos Terminator. I had like two Space Marines, and then like. I don't know, I forget what the other thing was, but just a bunch of stuff. And uh, my buddy and I, there was three of us, we got uh, got pretty into building it and, and quote-unquote playing the game. Had no idea how to play the, the game whatsoever. Completely made up the rules as we went. And I, I have a vivid memory of calling the old Games Workshop uh, like telephone line, the order line, mail order line. Oh, I remember and, that. Uh, and asking the guy what the letters in the codex meant, you know, like the M, the S, the, the T. And he was like, okay, but this is pretty basic stuff. Like how could you possibly not know this? But he told us, uh, and it meant nothing to us because we had no idea what the rules were. And so that summer, I think it was, my mother took the three of us to the local hobby store in Clifton Park, New York. At the time it was called a Gamers Guild. I don't think it exists anymore. So RIP to those guys. Uh, and it was, a summer event called Hunt for the Fallen, and it was all about the Dark Angels and Chaos, and they brought, the Games Workshop basically had a huge 
18-wheeler that they brought to stores across the country, unloaded this huge, probably a 30-foot-long table filled with professionally painted terrain that was all built into the table. And uh, you basically just got a unit. And it was one of those mega battles, kind of like what Jason was talking about earlier, uh, but it's super thematic. And I remember my mom uh, went to art school, so she was kind of into the artsy side of it. And she was totally into it. She was like, all right, well, if these nerds want to do this, that's such a better thing to be doing than basically anything else they could be doing with their time. And so she really wanted to you know, embrace the hobby. So she bought me the third edition starter kit with the, the Black Templar and Dark Eldar in there and yeah. the lovely soft cover rule book that falls apart. And, um, and that was kind of where I started. And I, I quickly started painting those Marines and Ultramarines simply because the banners were in the box and I hated the idea of having bear, banner poles. And then I kind of stopped uh, playing, quote unquote, because I never really played at all uh, about midway through high school. And then, but I always kept painting because when I was a little kid, my father and I would build models and, and paint them together. And so the painting aspect of it was a part of the hobby that I always did. And I did that throughout all of college, but uh, never touched the game properly until 2012 uh, when I was living in New York City. And I, uh, it was when 6th edition came out. And I was like, well, damn, a new edition's coming out. This seems like a great time to get into the game. And so I went down to the Games Workshop on 8th Street. Those guys were awesome. They were like, yeah, beginner, they had beginner Sundays. So I brought my little Marines literally in an egg carton all the way on the New York City subway, <laughs> walking through Greenwich Village, looking real cool, uh, and uh, would play games on Sundays there. And within the next year, I'd moved down to North Carolina for a job opportunity. And uh, I'd already sunk enough time uh, into learning the game that I was like, well, I should uh, just go to the games workshop in Raleigh, see what's going on there, to see if I can you know, pick up some games and meet some people. And that became like a every weekend thing with you guys for almost what two years we were doing that like m- at least one day a week if not more and uh and then never looked back that's awesome yeah. i can tell that pause made it <laughs> yep i'll edit the pause out so that like my uh my response is like super fast yes i, I just can't believe that your mom was into the dark eldar like you know didn't have any problem so, no i mean my 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 parents were <laughs> the most atypical parents in the world <laughs> that's awesome. they, uh, our that is awesome hanging out in our living room has my my parents are in leather jackets and i'm wearing an anarchy t-shirt that my mom made for me and i'm like six Amazing. months old uh they were punk rockers in the 80s dad's big death metal guy covered in tattoos there was i think they were actually excited that anything evil was coming into my my life that's awesome. There was no worries about cults in, in our house. So, so to kind of piggyback off that, um, when you work at a games workshop store in the Bible Belt, um, you get specific training to not use the word demon and to call all of the <laughs> demon units by their name. So this isn't a greater demon of corn. It's a bloodthirster. This isn't a greater demon of Slanesh. It's a keeper of secrets. So how did, how did you address the demonettes? I don't think that we did at the, uh, <laughs> at the time that you were working there, Jared, cause I'm pretty sure I, I am almost positive that I've been in the same store as you at the same time. And we just didn't even know it at the time. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. Um, 
because that was like one of the only places that I could go to get GW product from where I was from. Um, right. I either had to go to Boone to what we call the Dragon's Den, or we had to go to Charlotte to the Games Workshop store. Um, but at that particular time period, there were boobies all over the place on those models. Oh and yeah, like the giant crab hands and stuff. Yeah, those so. are the what? Are the, those are the Juan Diaz sculpts. Is that right? No, the Juan Diaz ones were a little after that. They were the those are the old like super like vivid orange clawed ones. Like oh yeah yeah, way disproportionate for the bodies. Okay. Um, back when back when we were younger like that that was back what fourth edition fourth edition fantasy with the bretonians in the box i think yes um so yeah <clears throat> that's cool all right so the next question that we're going to go through is um just kind of real quick um so what war games have you played um so you know you guys have an idea of the um you know what our experiences have been and stuff like that so uh, I'll start and then we'll go through. So, like I said, you know, I started with, um, with battle masters. Um, and then that, you know, led to its own thing. Um, I actually played hero clicks for a little while. Um, and then, uh, and then, you know, that's when I found games workshop, um, uh, started in 40 K. Um, and then that was the, about the time that the inquisitor, the, the 56 mil, inquisitor game came out and so we oh, played that game um i played more time um and at that time i didn't get into fantasy um and then from there uh it was just a lot of 40k and that was kind of where i lived until uh you know i moved to raleigh and got into the games workshop here and that's when i started fantasy and that was eighth edition right trace mm-hmm. mr fantasy expert um and then, you know, um, you know, through be- meeting various people and getting connected to different communities, you know, in, in the Triangle area, um, I- I've played Guild Ball, uh, I've played Malifaux, um, Blood Bowl, I think that's it. And then, you know, and then, so, and then as things came out, so Shadespire, um, Warhammer Underworlds, I think is the actual name of the game, so that one. Um Dabble a little in Kill Team. Kill Team, yeah. Um, yeah, but I think that covers it. So, um, so Trace, what about you? What are, what's the what's the list of war games you've played? Um, like I said a minute ago, I started with Fantasy. Played Fantasy pretty much exclusively until I started hanging out with you guys. Um, Jared and I had many a heated battle of Fantasy in the in the Games Workshop store. Um, and then I had this, you know, brilliant idea. Oh, well, I can just add some demons to my chaos army, and then I can play in 40k and stuff too. And it yes. was all, and it was all over. No. Um, um, and then from there, I dabbled a little bit in Infinity. Um, played a little Infinity. Really liked that system. Um, never really got a chance to really expand upon it but some beautiful models really cool interactive rules for that system um played a little malifaux um played a little bit of blood bowl really enjoyed inquisitor i really hope they bring that back in some form of fashion 
Um, it was just a really cool way to play where you kind of mixed the wargaming aspect with um, kind of a dungeon master element. I thought that was really a unique way to play. Um, played that really into Underworlds right now and also playing some Kill Team. Um, Arena is a lot of fun. I've played a couple games of that and it's it seems like a really solid rule set to make things a little bit more balanced in the game. Um, nothing's perfect, obviously, but I think it'll be a good addition to that particular system. So those are the only, th those are the things that I've played the most. I'm not going to go back to all the way when we were younger, like Battle Masters and stuff, but the current systems that we play. Um, so that's it for me. Jason, what do you think? How many have you played all of them? I have played all of them. So, uh, you know, when I got this bug a few years ago, I decided that I was going to play everything under the sun. Um, so, uh, you know, I started out 40K, getting back into 40K uh, heavily. And then I also had multiple you know, fantasy uh, Age of Sigmar armies. I had multiple Infinity armies. Uh, like Trey said, that's a really good game. Just never really flushed out, flushed out for me, and got a lot of games in, but a couple of them. Uh, I played one or two games of Blood Bowl. Any GW game, really, like box game and everything. So, like, you know, what was that Assassin game? Like oh, Officio Assassinorum. Yeah. Execution Force. Force. That's what yeah. it was. Yeah. yeah. That game was awesome. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, and then we played that Blood Gorge, right? Is that what that tabletop kind of? Gore Chosen. Oh, Gore Chosen. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and how could I forget Blackstone Fortress? There you go, Blackstone Fortress. Every, legitimately every GW game, um, I've had. Sword Tower. Games. Yeah. So, uh, I've never taken the plunge in Malifo, although I've definitely read a lot about that game. Um, or Guild Ball. I even I've played War Machine. Although that game was not for me, but I had a couple War Machine armies. Oh yeah, uh, we did go through that little spell. So, um, but my big ones obviously are are um, Underworlds, Shadespire, Nightfall, whatever you want to call it. It has so many names. That's how good it is. Uh, 40k, Age of Sigmar. Um, so lots of games. I also, I you know, believe it or not, I, ha I still have the starter set for both action. I've always wanted to get back into the historical games, but have uh, yet to take that leap. Um, You're not old enough yet. I'm getting, I'm getting there. You know, I want to line up my 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 Germans against my Americans and make sure that every blade of grass is just how it was back in 1943. Oh, oh, we also got our little taste of Weird War Two with dust. To you for a little bit. Yeah, Dust Tactics. Yeah, Dust Tactics. We played that for just a little a touch. I'm moving on to Danny. Danny, what games have you played? Well, I have a much shorter list than the rest of you because I have self control. Um, That's true. <laughs> so true. <laughs> so true. Je jealous. Yeah. Um, I've really. To be honest, like I've played a few games, but the only game that I really consider having any kind of real uh, experience with is 40K. But I've definitely have played a handful of games of Age of Sigmar. 
I played a couple of games of Blood Bowl. I've played Underworlds quite a bit. Underworlds is not built for a Danny, but uh, I I have <laughs> played it quite a bit. Uh, and then uh, I like the box games that GW has produced. I definitely like Blackstone Fortress a lot. I love Silver Tower. Um, I definitely liked the Assassin game. I did Gorchos and is maybe one of my favorite beer and pretzel games I have ever played in my entire life. Um, that's more my kind of world. I'm not super into the hyper-competitive aspect of gaming, so anything that has a cinematic and or just stupid fun level to it is something that I'm I'm going to go into. And so uh, I haven't really played any of these outside or uh, you know, finely tuned war games at all. Yeah. We need to play no matter how much you guys game. have tried to make me do it. Yeah. We need to we do need to bust Gorchos out again one night. That should just be like an entire episode. Like we should have for, we should just record us playing game. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. As long as I get to be the guy good. that pushes people into the pit. That's all I care about. You'll have to have the squeaky hammer out to edit that real, real bad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well uh well I yeah, I wouldn't care who I am because corn cares not. This is true. Yeah. And then plus, you're just going to get that card that one-shots people anyway. So Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, so now that we've kind of gone through and talked about some of our past as gamers and stuff, um, we'll talk a little bit more about present-day events. And why don't you guys tell us how what you're interested in the most right now? What game are you interested in the most at this moment? What army or faction are you playing for those games? Um, and I'll, I'll go first, I guess. So right now, um, really, really enjoying my AdMech for 40 K. Um, kind of going through a repainting session with that. We've got a goal for the year to try and get that army painted. Um, at least by halfway through the year, I have a goal for a list it's quarter one. I'm a little behind on that right now, but, um, Really, really enjoying them, and the Vigilist book really added some nice little layers to them, and Chapter Approved really helped them out too. So, was kind of reinvigorated to go back and revisit those. Um, and then for Age of Sigmar, um, we'll get into this a little later, but um, trying to figure out a faction that I could potentially play with Jared if we go and play doubles at Nova. Um, so that's kind of a to be determined thing. Um, and then for Shadespire, Underworlds, Night Vault, whatever anybody wants to call it, um, one of the best games that GW's released, I'll just say that. Um, I'm currently, I was playing um, Magor's Fiends pretty pretty frequently, dabbled in um, Zarbag's Gits for a little while, they just didn't really fit how I like to play, which is, as I've said before, is hungry, hunger, hungry, hungry hippo style. So I just like to go forward and smash stuff as hard as possible. So when this nice, shiny, gross troll came out, I just fell in love with it. And um, he's 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 pretty good. He's going to have to... Um, he takes a little finesse for somebody who actually can kind of skirt you. Um, but he's going to be... He's a pretty tough nut to crack. So, um, we'll start with Danny. Danny, what are you interested in right now? Well, right now, head and shoulders is Blackstone Fortress. That's my baby right now. I yeah. 
cannot say enough good things about that game. I think the miniatures are fantastic. I think the gameplay is fantastic. I think, I guess the only thing I could say that is a negative about it is the it's it takes up an entire table. <laughs> it has yeah. so many peripherals that at some point, if you don't have a six foot long table, you might as well not even buy the box because you can't fit it on any of your appliances. But that is the thing that has me excited the most right now. I've painted Pius Born from there. I've painted the Urgles. I'm working on the Chaos Psychers right now. Uh, super psyched about the Amble expansion coming out. Gonna get that on my table right away. Um, and then I've always had my little pet project of my Ultramarines that I'm working on. Uh, recently made the decision to kind of start phasing out the old school space marines <laughs> and focusing only on my Primaris Marines. So uh, that has kind of given me an excuse to to dial in the painting style and scheme a bit on those bad boys. And then my other side project right now is kind of working around and seeing if I can acquire a, uh, a Lord of the Rings army for the cheap cheap, because I think that is something that I might want to get into as a real Tolkien freak. Uh, any excuse to buy a bunch of Gondor soldiers makes me happy in my heart. Yeah. And uh, I guess that leaves Jason. Why don't you tell me what you're up to, big guy? I'm up to everything. Um, <laughs> you no, know, I mean, Blackstone Fortress, definitely love that game, just to, to piggyback off your comments there. Uh, you know, the thing for Blackstone Fortress for me, yeah, it has a lot of components, but the really incorporated a nice element into actually developing your character because you know when you're in the 40k universe a lot of times you have this like set character that has this set experiences and i really like like you get to go to the ship and you can buy some cool little trinkets uh or gear to add that role-playing element to your character so i really really appreciate that they put that element into the game which kind of has me hooked on that as well as it's really nice because it's a co-op game right and how many games do we play where you know it's me against you and we all know that there can be bad experiences through that at times where blackstone fortress it's like other than that stupid crew guy getting all the loot um it's pretty <laughs> fun so yeah i think it is by far gw's best attempt at narrative gameplay they've ever done like over any campaign or any other box game by far yeah, most definitely. We're really interested to see the expansion too. So. Which is why they need to bring back Inquisitor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's nice to not have a GM, right? So it is, but there's certain elements of that game that were just so much fun. Like I really enjoyed running games. I ran a game for Jared, and I think it was we put a giant monster in the middle of the table and had to turn off a bunch of panels and stuff. It was a lot of fun, but. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, and innovative, like in a way that you know you can't necessarily do, you know, with a 40k game or with an Age of Sigmar game. It really dives into that narrative. So. Yes. So back, I mean, back to the question: what What am I most interested in other than Blackstone Fortress? It it definitely, definitely is. Uh, Warhammer Underworlds. Uh, that game has consumed me for the last year. Uh, and for me, that game just fits a niche, right? So I am now a father of two. Um, both of my children are very young. Um, so I don't have a lot of time to invest in my other passion, 40K. So Underworld allows me to list construct 
through the deck. It gives me multiple play styles without a large investment. So I have you get all the war bands or armies, and they all have kind of their own little niche. Um, so I've really been into that game. Uh, and then it's marketed as competitive. So for me, there's not as bad of a play experience when you go and you're playing a competitive game that's geared for, for that. So if you have a one-sided event, it's okay. <laughs> um, but there's just a lot of different balancing elements that they put into that game that I, I really, really enjoy. Um, the factions in that, like I, I was playing Sepulchral Guard uh, because, you know, I have to be that unique and shiny snowflake. So last year at Nova, I took that there uh, and was one of two players playing that warband. I uh, played them pretty much on and off throughout the year. And now, well, and then I went to Zinch. So I, I had a few few weeks with the Zinch warband, and they'll be back. Uh, but currently, I am Oath Sworn Hunt, although they are the new faction. They're getting a lot of bad publicity on the interwebs. People thinking they're a soft faction. Uh, so that just piques my interest even more to make sure that they work. Uh, and although they will probably not dominate the top tables, uh, they definitely can bite you right in the heel. So that's uh, that's my my passion right now. It, you know, Vigilus and Chapter Proof definitely speak sparked my interest back into 40k uh and for 40k uh really my hobby focus there has been downsizing so in 2019 my hobby goals was to eliminate all of the closet that i will never use once again being a father of two and uh you know switching games like a squirrel chasing shiny objects everywhere (laughs) uh so i sold off an eldar army uh sad to say that I sold off a vast majority of my Dark Angels army because that has been my uh, passion for the last seven years. I truly, truly enjoy the lore around Dark Angels. Um, But the Primaris uh, project coming into the Space Marines has really piqued my other army for Space Marines. I've had uh, Codex Crimson Fist for a long time, and I had a very thematic fluffy army construction based around elites um so then when the primaris were introduced i added the primaris to that army so it was a bunch of elites stern guard style of um, regular marines and now into the primaris so i'm extremely excited to have that and the fact that they're part of vigilus and growing in the lore uh has me extremely happy Um, but i also own a necron army i still have the ravenwing for Dark Angels, and then um, just some miscellaneous uh, stuff here and there. I have Astro Militarum and some Knights laying around. As you can see, my addictions run deep. Uh, but the sell-off of the hobby stuff has really got me re-energized, so I'm actually sitting here right now building some Primaris Sergeants with Power Fists. Boy, so my Crimson Fist can have more Power Fists. Um, Insisting on a fist in. Yeah, you know, this is a family show, Trace. <laughs> uh, and then you know, I'm excited to see what comes up for AOS. I do want to get back into the, into that game here at some point. I did sell everything off, uh, trying to scale this down in 2019. Um, but if Sworn Hunt or Slaves of Darkness, whatever they may may be called, uh, get a new release with a bunch of new models, that'll probably be my ticket back into that game. 
and then really fighting the urge for uh, AT, right? Oh, don't say Titanicus, right? Oh, man. So, talk about a low model count, big robots, completely different play style. So, that might happen uh, at, at maybe after Nova. I don't know. Maybe before. Who knows? A lot of. <laughs> lot of, lot of uh, maybe tomorrow. Yeah, maybe tomorrow. A lot of irons in my fire. Uh, but at the same, same time, we have 40K narrative play and uh, Underworlds are my two pride and joys right now. Now that I've talked so long, Jared, your passions. Back. Yeah, so um, I think. For me, top of the list right now is Underworlds, and and for a lot of the same reasons that you said, Jason. Uh, father of two, uh, you know, t- time is limited, um, and and the prospect of of carving out time and space and energy to play, you know, a, a three hour forty k or Age of Sigmar game, is daunting. And so, knowing that I can legitimately get at least three Underworlds games in in three hours, if not more. Uh, you know, if, if I'm, if we're really trying to get as many games in as possible is, is really nice. And, uh, so, uh, in the, I was, I was hesitant with underworlds at first though. Um, the, the card grab, it, it, it pushed me off a little bit and, uh, and the, these guys can attest to that, that, uh, that I, I tiptoed that line and, and didn't buy in for, for a long time, um, and then I did, and then it, and that, and and then I was all in. Uh, and so uh, as soon as they dropped, it was the orcs, um, Iron Jaws boys, and I played those. Almost, I, no, I think I legitimately played those exclusively from when they dropped to Nova. Uh, yeah, it was exclusive. You did. Yeah, you, yeah, you only played yeah. orcs. Yeah, I was given a lot of crap for that, uh, which is not necessarily undeserved. Uh, and then after Nova, I was like, well. Uh, you know, let's uh, let's retire this war band, and you, not because I like rocked the Nova scene with them or anything, but just because it was time for a change. So, um, so I've shifted to Farstriders, and uh, and they've been fun, and you know, uh, and I've enjoyed them, and and painting them, um, actually spurred, you know, what is what is next for me in in Age of Sigmar is uh, you know, starting to build a, a vanguard chamber, uh, of the Stormcast. Um, you know, I just, I find the, the models, I like those, those models. I like that they're, you know, a little bit more unique, um, a little bit more, uh, I don't know, visceral, you know, with the cloaks and, and swords in hand and stuff. Um, those uh, models have such cool motion. Yeah. They're just so dynamic. Yeah. Yeah. The Griff chargers, uh, the, you know, the way that they, they've sculpted those, uh, I mean, it looks like they're moving across the battlefield. Um, and then 40k, um, uh, Tyranid now. So, and that was an army that I picked up uh, shortly after Eighth dropped. Uh, I had dabbled in Tau and dabbled in a Death Army uh, on the Age of Sigmar side that didn't really fit for me. So, sold those off. So, uh, you, I was. You know, you're really a power gamer, and your real that's, 40k army is the Grey Knights. Oh, there you go. There yep. it is, folks. Yep. It's out there, the power gamer that he is. Yep. Just ignore right. everything he says after that. That's right. Yep. Um, yeah, so, I mean, my heart, it will always be with the Grey Knights, but, you know, when it, and, and I, you know, and I love to play with them, uh, and I'll do narrative stuff with them, but, um, it, you know, anything that comes remotely competitive. Anyway, we don't need to dive down that rabbit hole. Um, I'm really enjoying uh, the Tyranid, you know, just building the list and painting them and stuff uh, has been a lot of fun. 
Um, and then Blackstone Fortress is, yeah, yeah. It's um, Danny has has said this before, uh, you know, offline. But you know, it's been some of the most fun um, that I've had gaming with you guys. Um, you know, it's nice to be for it to be cooperative, and uh, I'm almost certain that I have looted the second least number of loot points as the crew, Jason. I'm just putting that out there. Listen, <laughs> listen, the Emperor that, needs his stuff, okay? I'm yeah, there. That may the because you guys get in there before I can get in there. Yeah, it's only because we, we tried to do everything. So, so, all right, we shouldn't go down this road, but I'm just going to say it. The only reason that this is coming up is because when we played Silver Tower, all Jared did was steal all the glory in yep. every game. And so now whenever we play Blackstone Fortress, it's kind of a matter of spite that we want Listen. to get all of the loot before he can even think about it. I cannot help that the White King was really good at decapitating things. <laughs> and when I say really good, I mean, I was really good at taking all of the sixes that were rolled in the Destiny dice so that I could decapitate things. Oh my gosh. Yep. Yep. So true. Through my one and only healing technique, you just go kill everything. Yeah, well... There were sixes in the dice pool? I didn't even know there were sixes in there. Yeah, well, there weren't by the time I got to your turn because I used them all. And we, Danny, we don't need to heal if everything is dead. Oh, all right, fair enough. Best defense is a good offense, I suppose. That's right. Anyway, yeah. So um, well, we've, we're we're repeating that in our in our current game too. <laughs> it's just that Danny, you're kind of the focal point of the damage dealing right now. That is true. So that's it's not a problem in that game at all. Yeah, it's totally balanced. <laughs> yeah, that's right. There's yeah. there's no manipulation of of situations in that game at all with no. putting down fire tokens and putting a model where they can't never mind we're not gonna get that we're not gonna go down that yeah, yeah um i will add an addendum to my list though with those new models that they just released that they just previewed at las vegas open my black legion are coming back oh so excited vengeance. so excited so once all those start to be released my hobby goals for the admec will probably be put aside for a while. Um, you know, the whole squirrel mentality, like Jason was saying. So anyway, so, well, that was fun guys. Um, yeah. Taking so a little think, trip down memory lane. I think maybe next, um, I think, you know, we had some other stuff in the show notes, but we're, uh, we're running along. Um, you know, we're all long winded and passionate. Um, and that's not necessarily the worst thing. So, um, so, you know, we were going to talk a little bit about Nova and kind of our plans for that. Um, but it is currently February 10th as of the recording and the schedule is supposed to drop on the 15th. So maybe, what do you guys think about maybe pushing that section off and we can do that as part of episode one. And then, uh, you why know, don't we, why ahead, don't we do that? And then why don't we just kind of talk about some of the, uh, segments that we hope to have in the future, just to kind of give people an idea of. If they're listening to this first or going back and listening to this and go, oh, this is some of the stuff to expect in future podcasts. That's a good Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And then, yeah, we'll round it out and then we'll we'll let you guys go and, uh, and yeah, we'll see you next time. So, well, Danny, why don't you, why don't you kick us off? What's, uh, what's one section? Just, you know, we got the show notes, but just pick something. All right. Well, yeah. Uh, something that I that I think we're all excited to talk about is something that we've kind of in-house referred to as gamer regrets, but has kind of shaped into just kind of like gamer lessons, uh, because uh, I think we can all agree that 
these games stick to you not just because of rolling dice and painting miniatures. They have to provide something beyond that. The term meta gets thrown around a lot in terms of the, the meta game, but I do think there's meta lessons to be learned from the game and, and how you deal with uh, you know, bad moments and good moments and little lessons you learn about tactical things that you can apply to your life. And we've all done it. It's okay. We're all nerds. We all learn lessons from comics and from movies, so we can learn lessons from our games. And I think that's something you can look forward to is hearing us kind of share those stories. Maybe you can commiserate or learn something along with us. Uh, Jared, what are you th- what are you excited about? Yeah, so um, so I, I, you know, when you when you put together a wargaming podcast, you know, we're all building, we're all painting, you know, we're we're listing. Um, so you know, we're we're gonna do uh, you know some some call outs as far as what we're working on. Um, so we're yeah, you know, it'll be our tabletop muster. So uh, you know, putting our little toy soldiers on parade, you know, giving them the the inspection and and seeing what status they're at. So. Um, you know, yeah. So I mean, that'll be a part. I don't know if it'll be part of every show, but you know, we, we you know, it's 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 part of what we do. You know, this is, uh, yeah. I I find a lot of uh, catharsis in in painting miniatures. There's a lot of relaxation that goes there. Um, There's so definitely I, some good zen with just unplugging from all the stuff that's going on yeah. in the world. So just kind of taking a minute and putting some good music on and just starting to paint some miniatures is just awesome. Definitely. Yeah. yeah, and it and it for me a, a lot of it too is that it, you know I get to flex some uh, creativity, you know, and some artisticness, which is definitely a word. Um, <laughs> Good and, you know, in, in, yeah, in a, in a way that uh that that I don't normally get to do. So, so uh, so I'm excited about that. So, um, Trace, uh, you want to give us a rundown on another section? Yeah. Um. So something that we kind of, one of the little brainchilds that we had on our way back from Nova last year um, that we thought would be just kind of fun to do um, is what we kind of referred to as uh, tabletop tech support. So just kind of things that surround games, Um, you know, tactics, we'll talk tactics, we'll talk etiquette, we'll talk sportsmanship. and I just think that we're going to try and find some fun ways for you guys to kind of experience that. Um, none of us are going to proclaim that we're like the best generals in the country. Um, but just things that we've learned over our years of gaming with each other and just, you know, experiences that we've had at, at um, competitive events that we've been to. Um, just how to best approach certain situations in the game. Um, and... I think you guys will enjoy that segment. We've got some fun little things lined up for that that I think well, you guys will find entertaining. Um, I'm just going to proclaim that I'm probably the worst general in the country, so you don't want to listen to a thing I say during those sections. Agreed. <laughs> yeah. That whole section is really geared around, and I'm excited for it too. And It's just sharing experiences and, mm-hmm. and making good situations out of this hobby that we all love, right? So it's... It's taking what you have in front of you, whatever your community can, is or can be, and trying to take it to the to the next level. Um, all of this stuff inspires us all on a weekly, daily basis. We kind of, it's kind of our outlet, uh, as we've already referred to. So that that section would be what I'm looking forward to as well as, and a lot of the content will be around that. Just uh, how do we approach life? How do you approach 
hobby. How do you get it all done? How do you make it better for everyone to enjoy? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So Jason, um, why don't you round us out with what we might have as our last our last section? I know that we'll probably rotate between tabletop tech support and what you're about to talk about. Yeah. So, you know, for me, another thing would be what we're going to call hot dice, which is just what is new in the community in the scene now, uh, any of GW products, uh, you know, how we approach it, what we think of it, uh, what we're excited about and, um, you know, expanding on, on that. And, you know, just to make things clear, as we set this episode zero, uh, you know, we talked a lot about Chase Bar and being competitive, going to Nova, playing in tournaments. I would say, you know, although we all can get competitive, uh, the great thing of the group and what we want to bring to our listeners here is a competitive, non-competitive view on things. So, yeah, we're, we may talk at times what the best thing may be and how to tweak a list or how to, you know, really refine a deck in, in Underworlds. Uh, but as Danny said, he is the worst general in all the land at any game that he plays. So we'll yep. keep it real with him and uh, bring it back down to earth. And uh, that's what I'm, you know, I'm looking forward to is talking about all this wonderful content that GW is cranking out for us in a more relaxed setting that you can really just bite into and enjoy. Thanks, Jason. Um, I think that this is going to be, I think we're going to have a lot of fun doing this. Um, you know, our expectations are not. We don't have high expectations of this. We're just three dads and a pirate angel talking about some board games so um you know yeah i don't think this is going to be anything uh more than just a chronicling of our journey together and uh, if you all want to join us more the merrier yeah that's definitely a good way to put it danny um i just want us to enjoy the ride with each other and you know there may be certain points during the show where you might be like dang this is just a love fest between these dudes but um dudes in a pirate angel yeah yeah three <laughs> three dads in a pirate angel three dads um, in a pirate angel. and uh you know but I, I just think it's just such a it's just such a interesting topic for people to hear about how we try and balance what the things that we're passionate about outside of our families um with you know work and taking care of kids and a french bulldog so <laughs> Um, so he's worth the trouble, let me tell you. <laughs> um, but anyway, so yeah, Trace, uh, yeah, that sums it up, man. Uh, just uh, us figuring out how to do Nova and do life and play games and uh, enjoy each other's company and enjoy the the gaming community that we have. So uh, you know, for episode zero of the Battle Mallet Podcast, this is Jared signing out. This is Trace signing out. Danny saying peace. And this is Jason Table Dude Murray. Get the hell out of here. <laughs> <laughs>
One, two, three. Battle Mallet Podcast. That was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. All right. Uh, yeah, that was good. Okay. <laughs>